This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Even though Christ saw that there was going to be those who would walk all over him and call his blood something dirty and insult the Holy Spirit, nevertheless, Christ goes forward to the altar of the cross to shed his blood to buy the redemption, to purchase the redemption. He goes forward. Even though Christ knew that there was a Judas Iscariot in the Passover supper, he still proceeds to explain about how his body is gonna be broken for the disciples and how his blood's gonna be poured out to make the atonement for their souls. He's now told them that one of their inner circle is gonna betray him. He's told them why. He told them then why he was telling them this. I mean, the question is, why are you telling us this? Why are you telling us that someone in our inner circle is gonna betray? He says, John 13, 18, John 13, 18. I speak not of you all. I know whom I have chosen but that the scripture may be fulfilled, he that eateth bread with me hath lifted up his heel against me. Now I tell you before it come that when it has come to pass, you may believe that I am. He's told them that one of them is going to betray them, not to just to upset them and disturb them and take their peace away. That's not why. He's told them One of them is gonna betray them so that after it happens and he is betrayed, as he predicted by one of them, that they might all look back on the fact that he told them before it happened and they would say, who else but God? God himself could tell that before it happened that uh, he would be betrayed. And then he said in John 13, 19, so that you can believe that I am He's told them in advance so that they can believe that Jesus is the great I am, the Jehovah God. That's why he told them. And the reaction of the disciples to this news was immediate and it was profound. The disciples were profoundly sorry with this news that one of them was gonna betray them. In Matthew, verse 22, verse 22, they were exceeding sorrowful. Peter had already told Christ before that, when Christ had told him about the suffering and the death that was gonna come, Peter had said to him, that's gotta be very far from you, very far, very distant away from you. 
in Matthew 16, 22, Matthew 16, 22, Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. That's what Peter said, be it far from thee. That was Peter's wish, desire, his prayer. Be it way, way distant, far away, as far as the east is from the west. That thought of you being suffering and dying. But now they've heard from Christ. It's not far from Christ. It's as near as one of them who's going to betray him to be killed, which was that be near to Christ, as near as one of them is gonna betray him. Just what Peter dreaded, the tragedy of his death was so close to him, so close that it was gonna happen through betrayal of one of them, one of them. So the disciples are shocked to not only hear that Christ is gonna be betrayed by, by one of them, but they're shocked to hear that one of them is the betrayer. One of them is gonna violate the brotherhood that they've built over three years among themselves. All the disciples thought they knew each other like brothers. All the disciples had pledged an oath of loyalty to Christ, which meant that they, indirectly they had pledged an oath of loyalty to each other. So now to hear that one of them is gonna violate that oath, the pledge of loyalty to Christ, the pledge of loyalty to each other, was nothing less than shocking, terribly shocking to them and left them with the feeling of, how could this be? How is this possible? But what really troubled the disciples at this point was that Christ at this point has not identified who the traitor is among them. So the disciples are in a state of uncertainty about it all as to who is this betrayer who is among us. And then each of them is individually afraid for himself. It might be me, each one. And this is a healthy fear. This is a good fear. It's the same healthy fear that you and I are to have when we hear Christ say, Matthew 24, 12, Matthew 24, 12, because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. When we read that we are just like the disciples and being afraid for ourselves, then that it might be us whose love for Christ will grow cold because of all the sin around us. The person who's in the greatest danger is the person who says, well, not me, oh no not me, I'll never grow cold toward Christ because the scripture says in 1 Corinthians 10, 12, 1 Corinthians 10, 12, wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. Uh, Romans eleven twenty. Romans eleven twenty. be not high-minded but fear. So the disciples are in this state of total shock as they've heard that one of them is gonna betray them and now the disciples are wondering if, is it me, is it me, is it me? Is it me? One by one, they present themselves to Christ with the question, Lord, is it I? Verse 22, verse 22, they were exceeding sorrowful and began every one of them to say unto him, Lord, is it I? Judas Iscariot was a master deceiver. He did such a good a job of pretending to be loyal to Christ, none of them suspected it was Judas Iscariot. Not one of the disciples said, Lord, is it Judas Iscariot? Not one. 
They all thought it could be me before it could be Judas Iscariot. So when Christ told them that one of them was gonna betray him, each one of the disciples began to examine himself carefully to see if it was himself. When Christ said this, when are you gonna be betrayed? It caused each disciple to examine himself and say, Lord, is it I? And this was just before Christ gave them the bread to eat and the wine to drink. With that statement, Christ caused each one to examine himself before they took the bread and wine of communion. And that was to teach us to examine ourselves before we take the bread and the wine of communion. As the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 11, 28, 1 Corinthians 11, 28, let a man examine himself and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. 1 Corinthians 11, 31, 1 Corinthians 11, 31, if we judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But Christ does not leave the disciples in this state of uncertainty, in this state of panic as to which one of them will be the betrayer. Again, very casually, he tells the disciples, just look for the person who puts his hand into the sauce along with mine at the same time. Look for the person who at the same time dips into this dish of sauce. Verse 23, verse 23, he answered and said, he that dippeth his hand with me in the dish, the same shall betray me. The act of dipping his hand, this man, with Christ's hand into the same dish has a message, very strong message to it. There was the sauce on the table that at one time, he's gonna say at one time there's gonna be two hands dipping in that sauce together, which is likely the drippings from the cooked lamb, I don't know what it was, but whatever it was. But just at that moment, just two hands were seen dipping into that sauce and that was the hand of Christ, and that was the hand of the betrayer, which was Judas Iscariot. But it was the fact that Christ chose to freeze that scene of only those two hands dipping into the sauce at the same time that carried the message to them, the message that was the fulfillment of Psalm 41.7. Psalm 41.7. Psalm 41.7 says, all they that hate me whisper together against me. Against me do they devise my hurt. An evil disease, say they, cleaveth fast unto him. And now that he lieth, he shall rise up no more. Yea, mine own familiar friend in whom I trusted, which did eat of my bread, hath lifted up his heel against me. But thou, O Lord, be merciful unto me. Raise me up that I may requite them. By this I know that thou favorest me because my enemy doth not triumph over me. And as for me, thou upholdest me in mine integrity and settest me before thy face forever. Blessed be the Lord God of the Israel from everlasting to everlasting. Amen and amen. And that passage in Psalm 41 is the prophecy of this moment in the supper. Psalm 41.7, Christ speaks of those that hate him as having a hatred that is concealed that he says, it's a whisper. It's a whisper that cannot be heard by others. They're whispering to themselves hatred against Christ. 
Outwardly, they appear to be Christ's best friend. That's Judas Iscariot. And this is also the prejudicial hatred that many have of Christ today. You know what our job is? Our job is to overcome the prejudice of the lost that's based on ignorance as to who Jesus Christ really is. Jews look at the Inquisition, oh, that's Jesus Christ. No, it's not. Jews look at Lutheran Nazis, oh, that's a Christ. No, it's not. Psalm 41.8, Psalm 41.8, the enemy of Christ is as Judas Iscariot continues his whispering to himself where he's convinced himself that Christ has some sort of an evil disease. And then after Judas Iscariot has finished with Christ, what he's gonna do, that Christ will fall and never rise again. That's Psalm 41.8. Psalm 41.9 is where it all transitioned. Christ now speaks and calls Judas Iscariot his familiar friend. Not someone who's far from Christ, but someone who is very close to him. And in that same verse, Christ says, yea, mine own familiar friend in whom I trusted. With that statement, Christ is saying that Judas Iscariot was not just a disciple on the fringe of the inner circle of the disciples, but Judas Iscariot was a person that Christ had turned to during those three years of living together and Christ had relied and trusted Judas Iscariot, put his trust in Judas Iscariot. And then in Psalm 41.9, Psalm 41.9, Christ said about Judas Iscariot, he did eat of my bread. That statement shows the close relationship that Jesus Christ had with Judas Iscariot. With that statement, Christ is bringing us to see those times when Christ and Judas Iscariot sat down together. Let's just picture it. After an exhausting day, they laughed together. They were happy as Christ passed his bread over from his hand into the hand of Judas Iscariot. And Judas Iscariot broke off a piece of Christ's bread and then gave the loaf back to Christ and say, here you go. And that whole meal together of passing the loaf of bread back and forth between Christ and Judas Iscariot all the time in conversation with each other, all the time with eyes of Christ and eyes of Judas Iscariot meeting and smiling at each other. Those meals of times of sharing that bread was just, it, was just, it wasn't all about feeding the body with nourishment. It was feeding the souls of Christ and it was feeding the soul of Judas Iscariot in a close friendship, a friendship with each other, where at the end of those meals, Christ would say, Judas Iscariot and I are closer together than when we were before this meal, when Christ said, Psalm 41.9, 41.9, which did eat of my bread. Christ was saying, Judas Iscariot's my friend. Judas Iscariot and I ate the same loaf of bread together we were knit together in a close friendship, he would say. It was that shared loaf of bread that causes me to say to Judas Iscariot, friend, which is the term that Christ called Judas Iscariot when Judas actually did the very act of betrayal in the Garden of Gethsemane in Matthew 26, 48, Matthew 26, 48, we'll be coming to it. Now he that betrayed him gave him a sign saying, whomsoever I shall kiss, the same is he, hold him fast. Forthwith he came to Jesus and said, Hail, Master, and kissed him. And Jesus said unto him, Friend, 
wherefore art thou come? Then came they and laid hands on Jesus and took him. At that time, during the betrayal of Christ in the Garden of Gethsemane, when Christ called Judas Iscariot friend, it was as if Christ was saying to Judas Iscariot, Judas, as I call you friend, I'm calling back to memory all those loaves of bread that you and I passed back and forth and shared together, all those times when you and I broke off pieces of those same loaves of bread and we laughed and we talked and we strengthened our relationship together. Don't you remember all that, Judas? Is this really what you want to do now, Judas? You hate me so much that you want to use our friendship now to try and destroy me? In another gospel, there's a record of the question that Christ asked Judas Iscariot at the betrayal, which is in Luke 22, 48. Luke 22, 48. But Jesus said unto him, Judas, betrayest thou the Son of Man with a kiss? That was Christ saying to Judas, a kiss? Really, Judas, a kiss you're gonna use to betray me? Not your finger from far pointing at me and saying to the enemies, there he is, that's him, take him. Is that how you've chosen to identify me to your friends, uh, to your enemies, to my enemies, your friends, with a kiss? So Christ now, at this last meal together, he knew all this. He knew all this was gonna happen to him. So how could Christ stay calm as to mention between bites, oh, by the way, I'm gonna be horribly betrayed by one of you. How, how could he do that? Christ could remain so calm because of what he was praying to the Father at that time, at that table. He was praying the words of Psalm 41.10. Psalm 41.10, he was praying, but thou, O Lord, be merciful unto me and raise me up. Christ knew that from that betrayal of Judas Iscariot that he was gonna be killed and laid down in a tomb. And Christ is praying for his resurrection from the dead in Psalm 41.10 when he says, raise me up. And Christ has perfect peace in this meal because although he does see the deep hatred of Judas Iscariot against him, more importantly, he sees Psalm 41.11. He's praying Psalm 41.11. He sees that God the Father loves him and says in Psalm 41, he says in Psalm 41.11, Psalm 41.11, by this I know that thou favorest me because my enemy does not triumph over me. And even though Christ has his hand at the same time in the same sauce bowl with the hand of Judas Iscariot, Christ knows that shortly that same hand of Judas Iscariot is gonna be the hand that's gonna pull Christ in close to him so he can kiss him with that final kiss of betrayal. And he's thinking of what it's gonna be like after his resurrection and he's thinking Psalm 41.12, Psalm 41.12, what, what God the Father is gonna do for him in Psalm 41.12, and he says, in Psalm 41.12, he's praying, thou upholdest me in mine integrity and settest me before thy face forever, forevermore. That's what Christ is thinking at that time of how God the Father is gonna set Christ before the face of God the Father forevermore. And that's, that's what you and I should be thinking of when we're in deep trouble, deep trouble. How our future is, Psalm 17, 15, Psalm 17, 15. As for me, I will behold thy face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied 
when I awake with thy likeness. And this is what will give us peace in trouble, that the trouble's only temporary, but what's permanent for us is Psalm 17, 15, Psalm 17, 15. As for me, I shall behold thy face. But for that time, Christ told his disciples that the person who would be sharing the sauce with him in both hands in the dish was the betrayer, and the betrayer, it's gonna be so bad for that betrayer because Psalm 41, 9, Psalm 41, 9 describes him as a familiar fan, has lifted up his heel against him when it says that. Christ meant by that statement that the betrayer would come in a, to a moment in Christ when Christ would be weak and Christ would be vulnerable, and he was. In the Garden of Gethsemane, he'd been up all night. He was so tired. His disciples, they were sleeping away, but not him. Instead, he was sweating away, sweating drops of blood. And he was down. And the picture is Judas Iscariot coming to Christ when Christ is down. And the picture is Judas Iscariot lifting up his heel to crush Christ when Christ was down. But even with this scene, in Christ's view, Christ is at peace because the last verse in Psalm 41.13, Psalm 41.13 is, blessed be the Lord God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting, amen and amen. Christ is at peace because he's calling God the Father the God of Israel. And when Christ calls God the God of Israel, he's calling to mind that night in Genesis 32 when Jacob was down and the enemy was Esau and wanted to lift up his heel and crush him. In Genesis 32, Jacob became Israel and God became for Jacob the God of Israel. That was a night like Christ in the, in the Garden of Gethsemane when in Genesis 32, Jacob was afraid to be killed by his own brother. Talk about a familiar friend. His own brother, Esau. And during that night of struggle, Jacob's name was changed to Israel and Jacob was saved from his brother's murderous intentions. And that's why Christ in Psalm 41, 13, Psalm 41, 13, Christ calls God the God of Israel because it shows us that at that time when the hand of Judas Iscariot was in the same dish as Christ's hand, that Christ was at peace because Christ saw his own protection as coming from the God of Israel from Genesis 32. And now Christ makes a statement about the future of Judas Iscariot in verse 24. Verse 24, when he says, the Son of Man goeth, it is written of him, but woe unto that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It had been good for that man if he'd not been born. That shows that Judas Iscariot has made a decision totally by himself, 100% he's responsible, and it set him in a position for Judas Iscariot to be better to never have been born. That's true for everyone. It turns away from from Jesus Christ in his lifetime and is therefore cast into hell. It would be better for that person to not be born than to be cast into hell. But for every person who does come to Christ in his lifetime, it's good for that person he was born because that person will know. Psalm 1611, Psalm 1611, thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. And finally, the suspense of how it's all, of who exactly is gonna betray Christ is over as finally Judas asked, Judas himself asked Christ the question directly. And Christ doesn't fail to tell Judas that it's him. Verse 25, 25. Then Judas, which betrayed him, answered and said, Master, is it I? 
he said unto him, thou hast said. Why did Judas ask that question? Judas knew it was him. He didn't want to appear guilty by his silence in failing to ask. Maybe he thought that Christ didn't know that it was Judas, but Christ did know that it was Judas. And Christ acknowledged to Judas in such a way that it was just like Christ said to Judas, thou art the man. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for our wonderful Christ in this moment when we can see him under such duress, such pressure, and yet we see, oh, what a savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Tom Cantor's messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. For other free resources, email us at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. Join our live services on YouTube by searching Friendship with God with Tom Cantor every Sunday at 5.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.